This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I've known Brother Danny a lot longer than uh, we either one want to admit, <laughs> just for the sake of age, not for the sake of friendship, because that's been good. We've known him a long, long time. Brother Danny's gone all around the world preaching the gospel. He's preached the gospel in every state of the Union here, <laughs> but one, Alaska. Alaska. Well, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're slacking off on us, brother. No, I'm just kidding. But, but he's been many nations of the world preaching the gospel, seeing uh, thousands and thousands of people saved, God doing miracles and healings and deliverance. And listen, as he comes this morning, listen, I know, you know, he's family, you know, but at the same time, listen, we draw off that gift that's in him. Listen, you get, in every service, you get what you expect. If you just see a man or a person or somebody you think you know, listen, you're not going to get much. But if you'll see beyond the man, beyond the person, and see the gifting and the anointing, and let your faith connect with that gift and that expectation reach out, I'm going to tell you what, God's going to do something powerful in your life. Amen? Well, can you give a big uh, God bless you and welcome. Brother Danny, come on up, brother. We love you. Hallelujah. How many this morning are expecting something great from the Lord? Well, just keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of expectation turned on. Why? Because blessed is he that expects nothing, for he should not be disappointed. Amen. But I believe God for great things. Oh, God is so good. Passion Church, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. And guess what? It's not over. I said it's not over. I said it's not over. It's not over till the fat angel sings. Amen. It is not over. How many you know that this past year, the past 12 months, has been a different year? Do I get a witness? This past June, I was talking to my granddaughter. By the way, I've got the best granddaughter in the whole world. If you don't believe me, just ask me. But I was saying... Quinn, she said, what is it, Papa? I said, congratulations. You just finished kindergarten. She said, I know. I said, but for the last three months, you didn't go to kindergarten because Mommy taught you at school. She said, I know. I said, but you know the reason why you didn't go back to school? She said, Papa, everybody knows that. I said, what is that? I didn't go back because of school. They were out of toilet paper. (laughs) I left it at that. That was too good to mess up. Come on, shout amen. Oh, yes. 
but it's been a very different year. I was flying home the other day from Dallas, Texas, and the flight attendant says, while you're on this flight, it's mandatory. You must keep your mask on at all times unless you're eating something or drinking something. I found out that bag of Doritos could last me for three hours. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God is good. Why don't you tell somebody, say, I'm so glad you showed up. Come on, tell them. Say, I'm so glad you showed up. Come on, say it again. I'm so glad you showed up. Oh, God is good. God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Woo, God is so good. Now, the thought just hit me, talking about a very different year. For the past year, this Koran Moran devil has come a-knocking. Come on out. Now, you would call that a, what is an attack. Everybody shout an attack. And all through the Old Testament, every single time without exception, every single time that the enemies of God, I'm talking about the Philistines, the, the Hittites, the Amalekites, etc., etc., every single time the enemies of God came against God's people, they always came against God's people at harvest time. So guess what, America? Guess what? It is our harvest time. Come on, shout amen. I know there's a fight, but guess what? It's a fixed fight, and we're going to win because mark you down the best is yet to come. I know it's difficult now. It's different now, but guess what? God is about ready to show up and show out. Hallelujah. We're about to receive some things like never before. Oh, are you ready? Come on, shout amen. Woo! You see, the Lord is coming back in His glory. But before he comes back in his glory, the church is going to be walking in the glory. Come on, shout yes, amen. Woo, I feel good. I said I feel good. I feel good. I know we don't walk by feelings. Come on, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by sight. But I feel a James Brown anointing coming on now. Wow, I feel good. I feel good. The Godfather of soul. Hallelujah. The Godfather of soul. Well, I'm soul, I'm spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. I'm ready. Hallelujah. How many of you love the word? Come on, shout amen. amen. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? And turning, please, to the gospel of Mark. The gospel is Mark, buddy. God is so good. God is so good. I look out that I say so many of you that I've known for a long, long time. Long, long time. Somebody's getting older. And it's not me. Come on down. But Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning with verse number 35. If you're there, shout, I'm there. If you're not, just listen up. And the same day when the evening was come, Jesus saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they assembled the multitude, well, no, let me kind of back up, okay, verse number 35, okay? Verse 35, I'm getting ahead of myself. And the same day when the evening was come, Jesus said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Look at that again. He said what? Let us pass over unto the other side. In other words, beloved, we are going to make it. Come on, shout that, please. We are going to make it. You better shout it again. We are going to make it. Now make it personal. I 
and going to make it. But Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there, with, with, and there are also other little ships with him. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm. What kind of a storm? Come on, say it again. Say it one more time. A great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a my pillow. And the wicked was saying to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was what kind of a calm? Come on, say it again. There was a great calm. And Jesus said unto them, Why are you so fearful? He said, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? And even the wind and the sea obey him. Now chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadarenes. I want to minister for just a few moments along these lines. We are going to make it. Come on, shout that one more time. We are going to make it. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is life-giving. Your word is life-changing. Father, I believe today because of your word, we will never, ever be the same again. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I said we are going to make it. You see, in this hour that we're living from coast to coast and around the world, people are being attacked with the spirit of fear. Fear. Come on, say that dirty four-letter word. Fear. But you know, the Bible tells us, you know the verse, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, that God has not given us what? The spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and of a sound mind. The fears come against people all around the world, and people are giving in to this spirit of fear. They're surrendering to the spirit of fear. But you know, we don't have to because we've been given power, love, and a sound mind. But what is fear? It is F-E-A-R. What is that? That's false evidence appearing real. What is fear? Fear is the dark room where negatives are developed. But we can walk in liberty away from fear. I love the words in Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not afraid, for I am thy God. I will help thee, yea, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. But when fear comes against you, fear comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But when fear comes against you, fear will cause you to do certain things. And one of the things is this, fear will cause you to forget. Everybody shout forget. Fear will cause you to forget. But the Bible tells us in Psalms 103, verses 1 and 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. I love those two words. Come on, say it. Forget not. Say it again. Forget not. And forget not all of his what? Benefits. Woo! What kind of fits do you have down there at Passion Church? We have what? Benefits. 
But forget not all of his benefits, but what kind of benefits have we received because we're in Christ? Not in crisis, but in Christ. What kind of benefits? We have the benefit of the new birth. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We've got the benefit that we have been justified. We've been sanctified. Come on now. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so many, many more benefits. But let me mention four benefits. There's the benefit of the presence of God. There's the benefit of the promise of God. There's the benefit of the power of God. And there's the benefit of the peace of God. But notice the story here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. You see, he was already in the ship. Because as you look at chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible tells us that Jesus was there in the ship, teaching and preaching and ministering to the multitude by the seaside. He was already there in the ship. And so the Bible tells us, when they sent away the multitude, they took Jesus, even as he was already in the ship. And also with them other little ships. But notice what happened. It was the night season. It was evening time, the dark of night. And they're crossing the Sea of Galilee. But all of a sudden, what happens? There arose, what kind of a storm? Come on, shout it again. A great storm. Come on, shout it one more time. A great storm. It doesn't say a tiny storm. It doesn't say a small storm. It doesn't say an itsy-bitsy-teeny-weeny storm. No, what's a small storm? That's when you lose the remote to your television. Come on now. What's a small storm? That's when you drive through McDonald's and ask for a sweet tea, and they give you unsweet tea. Come on now. Now, maybe that's a great storm. But anyhow, but just see, a great storm arose. But let me tell you something, church. Whenever great storms arise, you can call them by, na- by many names. You can call them attacks. You can call them battles. You can call them crises. You can call them dilemmas or whatever. Let's call them storms. But I've got a word for you in the midst of it all. He's promised. And guess what? Every promise of God is yes and amen. But he's promised in the midst of all the storms, he will bring you out of the storms. He brought Daniel out of the lion's den. He brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. He brought Gilligan from off the island. Come on now. <laughs> and my friend, he will bring you out, come when made, no matter what it may look like, sound like, feel like, smell like, taste like. He will bring you out. But there arose a great storm. But what's in the midst of that great storm? Two things. The Bible says, and the wind. Number one, the wind began to blow. And the waves began to beat into the ship. There's the two things. What are the number one? The winds. And what else? The waves. Number one, the winds. What are the, what are the winds? The winds are the unseen forces that come against us. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about demonic activity coming against you. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about the powers of darkness bombarding you. You can't see. Those are the unseen forces. But what about some of the the waves, the waves are the same forces. I'm talking about sometimes things will come our way. Things we can really see. Death, debt, divorce. 
I'm talking about tornadoes. I'm talking about tsunamis. I'm talking about torrential rainfalls and hurt and mudslides. I'm talking about hurricanes. Jesus said what? In the last days, there's going to be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. I was ministering in the state of California about five years ago. And when I was there, I was in two earthquakes in one week. I said, Lord, help me out. What's going on? Talk to me, Lord. He says, son, number one, these are the last days. Number two, he said, stay out of California. Come on now. <laughs> but you see, the winds will blow and the waves will beat against us. But you know what? It doesn't matter because guess what? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the Bible says, and when the great storm arose and the winds begin to blow, the waves begin to beat against the ship, what happened? The disciples, they went over to Jesus. Where was he? He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Do what? I mean, it was a great storm, and he was doing what? He was what? Sleeping. But how in the world could he be sleeping in the midst of a storm? But Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father saying, and only do what I hear my father doing. Come on now. But they woke him up. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you ever been there before? Come on, talk to me, church. I mean, all of hell comes knocking on your door. All of hell comes rising up against your kinds of problems and heartaches and troubles and trials and woes, calamity, adversity, and difficulties. And you said, Lord, do you care about me? Lord, what about me? You're moving for everybody, but what about me? Oh, they cried out, Master, don't you care about us? Master, carest thou not that we perish? I like the next words. It's, and he arose. Come on now. Say that, please. And he arose. In other words, he got up. And he's going to get up on your behalf every time when hell begins coming against you. And he arose and did what? He rebuked the winds. And he spoke to the sea, the waves, and said what? Peace be still. I like those three words. Peace be still. In the original Greek, it means be muzzled. Stop it. That's enough. Come on now. He said the same thing to the waves that are beating against you. He said, be muzzled. Stop it. That's enough. Or in other words, peace, be still. He then turned to the disciples and said, why are you so what? Fearful. Come on, say that ugly word again. Fearful. You see, but fear calls them to forget about a few things. But he rebuked the winds and spoke, peace, be still. There was a great calm. But he said, why are you so fearful? Once again, fear calls them to forget. But what did the disciples forget about on that stormy night? They forgot about a few things. They forgot about what? The presence of God. They forgot about who was on board with them. Have you forgot about who's on board with you? They forgot about who was on board with them in the midst of that storm. But I'm asking who was on board with them, Brother Bruce? I'm talking about the virgin-born Son of God was on board. The prophet's Messiah was on board with them. I'm talking about God manifesting the flesh was on board with them. The same one that said, let there be light, and there was light was on board with them. The same one who stopped the sun in its tracks for Joshua was on board with them. The same one who sent down fire on the top of Mount Carmel was on board with them. I'm asking the question, have you forgotten about who's on board? You said, no, I have. Oh, yes, many people have. Why? Because they've allowed fear to overtake them. 
But who's on board with you? Let me tell you something, church. My Lord, my Savior, my King, my Master. He's on board with me. He's on board with you. And he said this. He said, Lo, I am with you always. He said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. Who's on board with you? Emmanuel. And the name Emmanuel means what? God with us. Who's on board with us? Jehovah Shammah, which means that the Lord is ever present. Come on now. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Beloved, hear me. He is with you. He is with you. Come on, shout it. He is with you. Make it perfect. He is with me. Come on now. And I got a word for you. Everything's going to be all right. He said, but why are you so fearful? You see, fear calls in to forget about the presence of God. But also fear calls in to forget about the promise of God. But what was the promise of God? Jesus said to them in verse 35, He said, let us what? Pass over. Let us go over. Let us pass over what? To the other side. He didn't say let us get halfway there and drown. He didn't say let us get almost there and then go under. He didn't say, let's get in the boat and then begin to sink. No, he said, what? Let us pass over unto the other side. You can mark it down, beloved. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. But they forgot about the promise of God. And God's promise, God's word is so powerful. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. How powerful is the word, you ask? Psalm 138 verse 2 says that the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, He has magnified His Word even above His name. But what about the promise that's come to you? Before this Koran Moran devil started knocking, that's what I call it. You may call it the coronavirus. You may call it COVID-19. Some call it the China virus. By the way, this China virus, it's not going to last long. You say, how do you know that? Because anything that's made in China doesn't last long. Come on now. <laughs> but, but I call it the Koran Moran devil. Come on now. But before this Koran Moran devil started attacking, before it started to come against us, the Lord spoke to you. Come on now, church. He said that this great church, Passion Church in Montgomery, it's going to be explode in the right hand and the left. We're going to reach this city, take this city for God. What did God promise you before this Koran Moran devil? God promised you that I'm going to restore your marriage. God promised you that I'm going to bring deliverance to the things of your life that are trying to hold you down. God promised you, I'm going to bring complete healing manifestation in your body. God promised, I'm going to save your children and save your grandchildren. God promised, I'm going to raise you up higher. God promised, I'm going to establish in the ministry. God's promise, oh yeah, he's going to get you out of debt. You should have shouted out there, come on out. He's promised you so many things. And you say, but right now, I'm not seeing it. My beloved, guess what? If God didn't put an expiration date on that word, don't you either. Come on now. Why is that? Because the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, for God is not a man that he shall lie. I love that, don't you? It says, for God is not a man that what? That he shall lie. And I love that. But I love Titus chapter 1, verse 2 a lot better. It says, and God 
cannot lie. Come on now. And so, my friend, if God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. Do you think in the midst of all of this that's going on, you think our God is sitting upon the, the throne of heaven, shaking and trembling, saying, what am I going to do? I know it said that, but what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Am I going to put the pearly gates in a pawn shop? Am I going to prowl the streets of gold? Am I going to put the angels on half ration? No, honey, you can mark it down. Woo! God said, and that settles it. God said, what? You're going to make it. You're going to pass over to the other side. Come on, shout amen. He said, but why are you so fearful? You see, fear calls in to forget about what? The presence of God. Fear calls in to forget about what? The promise of God. And also, fear calls in to forget about the power of God. Have you forgotten about the power of God? They did. In the midst of that stormy night, with the storm is raging, what is the matter? Oh, yes. Storms. Hallelujah. Storm rages. But we're safe in the rock of ages. Come on out. Oh, hell may come against you in many ways, but you're safe in the ancient of days. I like that. Come on, that'll preach. Come on down. But you see that storm is raging, but guess what? They forgot about the power of God. In the midst of it all, they forgot about how Jesus had turned the water into wine. They forgot about how Jesus had walked upon the water. They forgot about how Jesus had cleansed the lead of the leper. They forgot about how Jesus fed the five thousand. They forgot about how Jesus went everywhere doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. But what about you, church? Have you forgotten about the power of God? Have you forgotten about where Jesus reached down to the, the lower levels of sin and filth and degradation and picked you up? Have you forgot about he picked you up and washed you clean with his blood? Have you forgot about how he brought you out of the mire and he placed you in the choir? Come on out. Have you forgot about when you were going through hell and back, but Jesus, our Lord, made a way for you? Have you forgotten about where the bank was ready for closing you, but God worked it out and everything turned out all right? Have you forgot about what the doctors said, I'm sorry, there's no hope for you. I'm sorry, there's a sickness and disease, Brother Bruce, but God turned it around. Have you forgotten? forgotten about the power of God that has come forth and manifest in your life, your home, your family. Have you forgotten about the power of God? But why are you so fearful? Fear calls in to forget about what? The presence of God. Fear calls in to forget about what? The promise of God. Fear calls in to forget about what? The power of God. And fear calls in to forget about what? The peace. They forgot about everywhere that Jesus went. He brought peace. He brought peace. He brought peace. He brought peace. When Lazarus was dead four days in the tomb, and Jesus said three words, Lazarus, come forth. How many know that brought peace to Mary and Martha? Come on out. But everywhere he went, everywhere Jesus went, the very presence of the Lord Jesus went. Guess what? It brought peace. Because after all, who is he? He is what? He is the Prince of Peace. Storms will come. Storms will rage. But beloved, I encourage you to forget not all of his benefits. Forget not the what? The presence of God. He's with us. Forget not the, oh, the promise of God. His word. 
set it and settles it. Forgetting not the power of God, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And we'll believe him and take him at his word. Come on, shout amen. And forget not the peace of God. It may be a great storm, but guess what? He's a great God. The Bible says, great is the Lord. Come on, say that. Great is the Lord. Come on, shout it again. Great is the Lord. Storms will come, but guess what? He's able to turn those great storms of yours into what? To a great calm. Back at about June of last year, a friend of mine, I don't call his name, he pastors in Pennsylvania. He called me. He said, Danny, all of hell has brought loose against me in the past month and a half. I said, what's going on, brother? He said, my daughter comes home, a 15-year-old daughter, and she said, mama, daddy, mama, daddy, I know it's wrong, but I've been sleeping around with some of the boys in the church. Some boys that come to church, guess what? They're not looking just for salvation. Some are looking for galvation. Come on now. But I've been sleeping around with mom and daddy. I'm pregnant. 15-year-old pregnant out of wedlock. And she was saying, my life is over. My life is over. He was so devastated. They said, don't worry, sweet one. We're with you. But we'll walk with you to this. But she was pregnant. A few days later, they got twin boys. One boy comes home. And says, Mama, Daddy, Mama, like sis, I've been sleeping around some of the girls in the church and out of the church. And I just found out I've got AIDS in my body, full-blown AIDS, HIV virus. What else could they take? The other son, the other twin, twin boy comes home, sitting, Mama, Daddy, Mama, Daddy, I just realized I don't like girls. I like boys. Determined to love a gay lifestyle. But hell was raging against that home. How many of those was a great storm? Come on. I mean, that was a great storm, a great storm, a great. I mean, hell was bombarded. The mirror was loose. And then the wife says, I'm tired of this. I can't take it because her emotions are like a, a, like a whirlwind. And she said, forget it. I'm not, I can't stay here. And she leaves her husband, the pastor. The daughter going through what she was going through. The two sons going through what they were going through. Then the wife leaves. And the church begins to come against them. Say, How could you be a man of God, a man of faith? Your daughter does this. Your son does this. Your other son does this. And now your wife leaves. They begin to come against them. But he told, he told me what's going on. And I said, brother, don't worry about it. Why is that? I said, because people have faced worse situations than what you're going through. And remember, the throne of heaven is still occupied. But I didn't say the exact words, but this is, Really what I was saying to him in essence. But you got to remember what he is with you. You got to remember his promise. You got to remember he's got the power to turn it around. And remember he's going to bring peace in the midst of it all. Well, guess what? In September, this past September, he called me. He said, Danny, have you got a moment? I said, for you, I've got two moments. What is it? He said, my daughter who thought the life was over, she had a miscarriage. Now, if a man or wife, husband, if they're believing God for a child, and she's pregnant. I don't want to miscarriage there. No, no, no. But for her, it happened to be the right thing because that precious little baby is in heaven now. And she got back on track. Come on now. On fire for the Lord. The one son comes in and says, I was just retested. And they cannot find one trace of AIDS in my body. Come on, shout it. Woo! Come on, shout amen, somebody. The other... The other son comes home and says, I just realized I was wrong. I was deceived. One of the words I'm thinking, I don't like boys. I like girls. By the way, I do too. Come on now. 
And the wife calls and says, sweetheart, I don't know what's going on. It was nothing but a, a trick out of hell. Can I come back? Sure, baby, come back. She came back. And the church got behind. The church in the midst of this Koran Morando is beginning to grow and explode. Come on, shout amen. It was a great storm. But in the midst of it all, what happened? God Almighty, our great master, he brought a great calm. Everybody shout a great calm. The peace after the storm. I've got two friends of mine, Rusty and Nora. A number of years ago, they were living there in Huntsville, Alabama, and there was a tornado coming their way. They had no time to flee their home. The tornado was coming. They literally hear the, the sound like a mighty, like a mighty locomotive coming down. And so they both got down in, in the bathroom, the inner bathroom in the home. They kind of hunkered down. They could hear the sound coming but they said father god we believe you're with us we believe you're going to take care of us we believe you get the power sufficient to turn we believe in and father they're believing god for the peace but what happened that tornado came for the rest uh but the norse it came down 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 the it wiped off his home from his foundation wiped off his home from the foundation, and they hear it coming they hear it louder it's coming close and they said, we begin to plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. In the midst of the storm, yeah, they knew that God was with them. They knew he had the power. They knew the promise and the peace. They said, we believe there's power in the blood. Come on, say that. There's power in the blood. Come on, say it again. There's power in the blood. And that tornado wiped off its home from the foundation. And the next, and the next, and the next, and the next. When it came to the property line of rest in Nora, it jumped over the home. Woo! I went to the next one. I wiped it off. It passed. It passed. It passed. They waited a little while longer and they said, let's go check it out. That storm, that tornado, it didn't even take one shingle off the roof. Not even literally one leaf off the tree. Here's the best part. When they opened up the front door to check out all the damage roundabout, a hymn from a church hymn book has somehow got ripped out of the hymn book, and that hymn was laying right there on the front porch. Guess what hymn it was? There's power in the blood. Wow! Come on, shout amen! What am I saying? In the midst of it all, oh, we are going to make it. Come on, shout amen! I said, we are going to make it. Come on, raise your hands up high and shout it out loud. We are going to make it. Come on, shout it again. We are going to make it. Woo! Hallelujah! One more time, raise those hands up high. And say, I'm going to make it. 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 Come what may, you're going to make it. I'm going to make it. We're going to make it. Why? Because God said it. Come on, shout amen. God said it. Come on, shout amen. Woo! Hallelujah! Somebody. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. I'm here to say this, God's going to turn it for you. You may have gone through hell and back, but guess what? He's still God. He is still God. How many just give me five more minutes? Let me see your hands. Ten more minutes, let me see your hands. I love you more. Fifteen minutes, I love you a whole lot more than the others. Come on down. I mean, you may be going through the greatest storm of your life. I told Pastors Norris and Cindy, 
But can I tell you? Can I, can I tell you? Because my precious wife, she's my best friend, the love of my life, a sweetheart. I talk to her every day. I was in China, Japan, wherever around the world. I call her every day, two, three times a day. I loved her. She passed away ten and a half years ago. And I dated some beautiful women, gorgeous women, nice women. I don't smoke, drink, dip, chew, cuss, gamble, or chase ugly women. Come on now. But every time God would say, nope, 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 nope. But when I was in Bible college, let me kind of back up. I started traveling as an ordained minister in April of 1973. Next month, I'll be an traveling for 48 years. I started traveling when I was three years old. <laughs> Just kidding. Right at 21. But I started traveling. And I traveled for three and a half years, an ordained minister. And I traveled from April of 1973 to August of 1976. And the Lord spoke to me, I want you to go to Bible college. I said, Lord, I'm too to go to Bible college. He says, son, I want you to go because you're never wasting time while you're sharpening your axe. So I went to Bible college. I was still an ordained minister. And when I was there, I traveled virtually every week somewhere, you know, on the weekends especially. But when I was there, probably my best friend in the whole world, her name was Ann. Ann. Now, we never dated. I don't know why. I was crazy for not doing that, but she, she was a sweetheart. But, you know, but we were just close friends. We went to chapel service every day together. We went to the library together every day, cafeteria every day. We stayed together. She's from Mobile, Alabama, and every spring break, fall break, Christmas break, you know, Thanksgiving, every break, 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 I'd always drive home. And she said, what are you doing? Well, I'm driving up to Montgomery to preach this weekend. She said, well, can you drive me by Mobile? So I, I just drive back and forth. And her dad was a pastor. I preached for her dad. He loved me. He loved me. And, but she got married, you know, after the second year of Bible college, and I didn't see her for 42 years. But December the 4th, I got reconnected with her, okay? I got reconnected with her, and uh, I called her. I saw her 42 years. I said, what's going on? She said, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. I said, it's been a rough year for everybody. She said, well, it's been rough because in February, my husband passed away. Now, when they... They, they left Bible college there. They traveled for 17 years as evangelists. And then they started a church 25 years ago in Fairhope, Alabama. They're co-pastoring together. And, but he passed away in February of 2020. I said, well, Anna said, I said, my wife, Jamel, passed away. Now, they, they knew each other, but they weren't really close, that close in Bible college. She said, I didn't know that. And I said, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm still busy traveling. I've been traveling nonstop all these years. And so I got reconnected with her. Well, we started talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Talk. We talk an average of three to four hours a day. I mean, we've talked up to five or six, seven, eight hours one day. Come on out. Every day we call, every day on the phone. I talked to her three times this morning already. Come on out. And uh, every day we pray together on the phone. We have communion over the phone each and every day. I've gone down to see her five times. She loves me. I love her. We're as happy as we can be. Come on out. And we, come on. And we plan to get married. Come on now. But anyhow, she, she got married in 1978, in 2005, she was attacked. She was attacked in the body with six major diseases at one time. At one time, she was attacked with lupus. Outside of Jesus, they said lupus is incurable. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And then she was attacked with shingles. The state of Florida says it was the worst case of shingles they ever had recorded. Huge, huge, master angles, all hundreds and hundreds and hundreds all over her body. They said if she's healed, she'd be scarred the rest of her life. You saw the pictures, no scars. 
shingles, shingles, you know, complete kidney failure. Her heart giving out. Fluid started swelling in her body. Her body swelled, you know, to a large size. And then it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Double pneumonia and other things were happening. She was it. She's in a coma for two years. She's bedridden for two years. And the doctor called the family on a number of occasions. She can't make it. She won't make it. to the. She may not make it another hour. Uh, one time, they released her from the hospital after a long, long time. She went home. The next morning, she began to convulse. Her heart you know, began to convulse. And all of a sudden, the fluid began to come up from her lungs. And she was beginning to suffocate from the fluid. And she was regurgitating. Her husband had to hold her almost upside down. And he called the hospital. Had the landline up before cell phones. And said, Said, we got to bring her in. They said, you have no time to bring her in because the hospital is an hour away. It's going to take at least 20 to 25 minutes before the paramedics get there. You've got to do a tracheotomy on your, her yourself. Do what? And so with a with that landline on his arm, hold it upside down. He did tricky out of on her. They got there and took her away. He saved the life. Another time, oh, she she came up from the coma and then and then she fell out again. He said her heart quit beating. Her skin began to turn the color. She died. She died. I mean, she was dead. D-E-A. She was dead. But he jumped over there and said, Lord, you said, you promised us she would live and not die and declare the glory of God. I command you, spirit of death, to leave her. Life come by. And all of she came back in her body. Come on out. And then that's five things. And the sixth thing was this. A flesh-eating virus attacked her. It was attacking her throat, her vocal cords, and her esophagus. And the doctor said, you're going to have to let us remove your vocal cords. And she, by the time she couldn't talk, and she's weaving it out of consciousness. But they said, no, you will not remove her vocal cords because I'm called to sing. She's a powerful psalmist, a powerful musician, a powerful minister of the word. You will not. Well, at any moment, they're going to eat on through. Well, guess what? She went back to the coma, and that flesh-eating virus completely ate away her entire vocal cords. It was eating away her throat or esophagus. It was red, red, red like raw, raw hamburger meat. It could have completely ate through her uh, the rest of her esophagus into her body. She would have been dead in moments. The doctor called the family. I'm going to see her one last time. You better come quickly now. The family came. He said, you can go in to see her two by two, but she got to wear long gowns and gloves of your elbows and a face mask and a face shield. You got to stand back from her, and you cannot touch her for any reason. You cannot dare touch her because the flesh-eating virus could begin to get in there and get on you. And they go in. Her sister goes in. Her sister's married to a great man of God, a pastor. They go in. Her and by the way, she's got, you know, two sisters and eight brothers. Come on now. Eleven kids. Anyhow, woo, thank God. Some of them, a bunch of them are pastors. I can preach for all of her brothers. Come on now. Hallelujah. But she was in the coma. They walk in. and sister says, I don't care what that doctor said. Let's lay hands upon her. They laid hands upon her in the name of Jesus. I command this downward disease to leave her body. I command healing virtue and complete physical restoration to come back. And they prayed for her. And when they did, she came out of the coma. She sat up and started speaking in tongues as loud, so loud. People heard her all the way down to the forest in the hallway. And nurses came around. I mean, she was loud. Come on out. Doctors came running over us came running. Johnners came running. Mates came. The doctor came in and said, what's going on? Well, she's praising God. She can't do that. She don't have any vocal cords. Well, maybe so, but she's still praising God. Woo! Come on, shout amen. 
He looks down her throat. He sees the throat of the esophagus, which before was raw, red, 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 like hamburger meat. But he says, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But y'all made a believer out of me. He said, because this completely healed and cleared. There's not one scar on the throat of the esophagus. And I don't know where this came from, but she's got brand new vocal cords. Come on, shout amen. Woo! In the midst of it all, two years like that, two years, oh, because of that doctors got saved, nurses got saved because of the testimony, and she was completely healed with it. Come on, shout amen. And after a period of rest, they went back in the road, traveling for 10 months, and then she was attacked again with a massive brain aneurysm. Not one time, not two times, but three times. Brain, and but a, a neurosurgeon goes in, a specialist. He does surgery there. Woo! And guess what? God heals her. And since that time, she hasn't been sick since. Come on, shout amen. How many would say that that was definitely a storm? Come on, shout amen. Woo! And today she's ministering everywhere in ladies' conferences and meetings all the time. A great, powerful woman of God preaching the word. A great, you know, musician, a great psalmist. Because why? There was a great storm. Woo! Everybody shout, great storm. But guess what? In the midst of it all, guess what? He brought a great calm. And I don't know exactly what you're going through. It could be a great storm in your home, your family, your marriage, your, your business, your job, your career, your ministry. I don't know what it may be. But I'm here to say this, that God is no respecter of purpose. God is no respecter of people at all. If God did it for his disciples on board that ship in the stormy night, if God did it for my pastor friend in Pennsylvania, if God did it for my two friends in Huntsville, if God did it for my hunk of hunk of burning love, hallelujah. Woo! I feel a Holy Ghost shout coming on. Come on, shout amen. Everybody stretch your hands up toward me and say, bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Woo! But I, oh, get ready, honey. Get ready. Raise your hands up, sweetheart. Raise them up. You've been going through a storm. Now, I'm not just talking about the, the coronavirus, the coronavirus, but you've been going through a storm. But I'm here to say that our God, your God, is about ready to turn some things around for you. You've gone through a storm where you've gone through a series of loss after loss in different areas of your life. But God said, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't fear because you're about ready to see a much better year. Hallelujah. Woo! You've been going through, you said, but Lord, what about me? What about me? You, you cried out, God, you turned it for this one. You turned it for that one. God, you've done it for this one and that one. What about me? Know this. He said, my daughter, I've been with you every step of the way. I've been with you on the hillsides, the valleys. I've been with you every step of the way. And I want you to know this. I'm about ready to turn some things for you. You're going to see a mighty change coming. Before this year is over, saith the Lord, you're going to see some great, 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 and mighty, mighty things. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, get ready. Get ready, saints of God. Your business is about ready to be blessed to a greater level. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, shout. I'm ready. I'm ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. The increase is coming. It's coming. Come on, shout amen. Don't you love him? Raise your hands up. Oh, honey, get ready. God's going to touch your body right now. Hallelujah. Ooh. Hey, 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 hey. 
She came a whole I don't know you, but the Holy Ghost does. He's going to touch you right now. You've got major problems throughout your skeletal structure, your bones right now. Hallelujah. Is that right, huh? Yeah. And God's going to touch because your walk is painful. You begin to rise up, it's painful. But God's going to touch your skeletal structure and your joints right now. Oh, yeah. And God said, get ready because I'm going to touch you in the upper part of your chest. Is that right, honey? You've had a heaviness there. When you get up in the morning, it's hard to get up. You lay down, it's hard to lay down. There's a heaviness and a pressure that is there. But God said, I'm touching you even now, saith the Lord. You are my child, and the healing belongs by his stripes. You were healed. Come on, shout. Amen, saith the Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Can somebody shout Amen. Woo! Brother Bruce, I love you, my brother. How many of you love to preach? Pastor Bruce Huggins, come on, shout amen. As you got up a moment ago, I knew what you were going through, you know, months back, how they've attacked you. But remember this, an attack is simply an indication that you are not conquered yet. Come on now. But hell's trying to feed you the lies, the lies. I'll do it again. But as you got up here and began to minister, exhort us, the scripture came to me a moment ago for you. Nahum chapter 1 verse 9. And the affliction shall not rise up upon you the second time. Come on, shout amen. Oh, can somebody shout amen, amen, amen. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God, glory, glory, glory. Here's one of my sweethearts from a long time back. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody's getting older. It's not us. Come on now. Must be Pastor Norris. Come on now. <laughs> but get ready. You've gone through. We know that. You're losing the love of your life and everything else. And there's still an emptiness that is there. But I tell you what. God's going to begin to minister you. Yeah, he's touched you. He didn't touch you there. But God's ready to, to pour some stuff into you right now. That's going to cause you to rise up even stronger, stronger, stronger. Like never, never, never before. Ooh, hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. See, death brings a hurt that no man can heal. But love leaves memories that no one can steal. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Whoa. Come on, raise your hands and begin to praise him, somebody. Hallelujah. Pastor get ready, saith the Lord. You've been faithful, faithful, faithful all these many years. The word of the Lord says in Proverbs 28, verse 20, that the blessing of the Lord shall abound upon the man that is faithful. And this applies to you and also to your bride, Cindy. You've been faithful, saith the Lord, and you've come here in the time of God, the will of God here at this great church. And hell's trying to come against this great church. But God said, you continue to hang on. You continue to believe me. Don't let go, but hang on. And you're going to see a turnaround soon. That turnaround is coming. It's coming, it's coming. And people, they're going to start coming out of the woodwork from the north, the south, the east, and the west. 
this. You'll see God begin to move like never before in this church and even as it was before at its greater days at Christian Life Church. You're going to see God move like never before. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's on the way. Get ready, get ready. It's on the way. Just listen to what your God would say. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Come on, shout amen. Can God do it? Woo! Don't say, can God, but boldly shout out, God can. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to pray for everybody in a moment that needs, a, that needs a, a touch, a miracle, that needs the Lord to move for them. How many of you need God to move for you in some area of your life? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Two weeks ago, I was up in Chesterfield, Michigan, outside of Detroit. And the first thing is this. I was there a year ago. About a week before the Koran Moran devil started attacking, and I prophesied over the church. I said, Get ready, saith the Lord, because this church is going to double within the next year. And guess, guess what? The next week, churches started shutting down because of that Koran Moran devil. But I spoke the word of the Lord. I said, This church is going to double in every way, saith the Lord, over the next year. It's going to double numerically. It's going to double spiritually. It's going to double financially. They had one Sunday morning service. It was somewhat full when I was there a year ago. But when I went back here two weeks ago, guess what? That one service, it was packed and putting out chairs. And the second Sunday morning service, come on, they had to go to two of them. It was packed, running over, had to put out more chairs. It's so blessed they've had to go from not just one midweek service, they've got two midweek services. Come on, say amen. Woo, hallelujah. And also, the spiritual tithes rose just double. He said, Danny, you missed it on one thing. I said, what? He said, it's going to double numerically. It has. It's going to double spiritually. It has. But how did I miss it? He said, because the income of the church has tripled. Come on, shout amen. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I mean, two out of three is not bad. Come on, Sam. Turn that little music up just a little bit. I love it. Oh, yeah. God is able for you, church. My brother, my sister, get ready. Your hearts have cried out. God, what about this? What about that? I mean, you're going through a very perplexing time. Hear the word perplexing time. God, what about me? What about us? That's the same thing the disciples cried out, Master. Carest thou not that we perish? And there's some things that have been hard. I mean, there's some things you've not told her about it in the church about. You've not told your pastors about. But there's some things right there, and you're saying, Lord, what about this? But God said, you're right where I want you to be right now. You're in the center of my will. You continue to put me first, saith the Lord. You're going to walk with me, press into me in a greater way, and you're going to see those things come to pass that I've promised you. And I'm not a God of a far off. I'm a God of the now. And soon and very soon, the things I've spoken to you concerning, which has caused you, your hearts to be hanging low, guess what? You're about ready to see those things come to pass, and it won't be long. Come on, shout amen. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. Raise your hands and praise him one more time.
Raise your hands up, honey. I'm going to walk over you right now. I'm not laying hands upon everybody because, you know, I'm trying to follow certain things. But right now, honey, I'm going to lay my hands upon you. In the back part. Trust me. Right there, right there, honey, right there. I'm on your move. Will you begin to move your head to the right to the left time? There's a catching and twisting. But right now, right now, God is touching you right there, honey, in the base of your cerebellum. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. You're being healed right now. There's a pain of preacher coming off the spinal column, and it's settling in right there in the base of your head, the base of your cerebellum. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout amen. Raise your hands one more time and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Woo! When I was in that church in Chesterfield, Michigan, two weeks ago, the praise and worship leader, she goes and sits down in the front row, and I get up to preach. As soon as I get up, I look over at her, and she's a very thin, you know, lady, very slim belly and all. But God, when I looked over at her, I looked at her, and all of a sudden, I saw that blouse go like, I saw some out of here. Looked like she swallowed a watermelon. Come on now. I looked at that. And I saw it out there. And the Lord says, tell her that I'm moving for her right there. And this time, everything's going to be all right. I didn't know what was going on. So I walked over there. I said, honey, just lay your hand right there in your womb area. She did. I says, God said that to you. He's moving for you right there. And this time, everything's going to be all right. Well, she begins to shout. She, began, she, got, she got Pentecostal. Come on now. And by the way, I am Pentecostal. Come on now. If you weren't Pentecostal, would you be? I'd be ashamed. Come on now. Well, she begins to shout. She begins happy. She jumps up. Can I say a word? I said, yeah, what is it, honey? What is it? She said, Some, you know, I had a miscarriage before. And I'm not going to tell everybody yet. I was going to kind of wait and see how things developed. But you see, God is moving down there, and this time everything's going to be all right. She said two days ago, I just found out from the doctor that I'm pregnant. Come on now. And I believe that this time everything's going to be all right. Some of you need a healing in your body. Some of you need God Almighty. He's a mighty God, church. He's a mighty God. He's a powerful God. He's a mighty powerful God. Some of you need God to move for you. I don't know what area it may be. But you better get ready. I see God moving right now. Shakabo to Tinda Kotala. Oh, yeah, family members, family members, family members. I don't know what's going on, but God said, get ready. He's going to get a hold of them and bring them in. He's going to bring them in and bring them all back. Now, your heart's been crying out, sweetheart. Your heart's been saying, Lord, what about them? I mean, they're away from you, God. They're not walking behind it. God says, I'm still God. And you keep on waiting, and I'm going to keep on working. Come on now. Woo! You wait on God, but you wait in faith. Amen. You wait in faith. And God said, I'm going to turn it for you. You receive that, honey. You receive that. Amen. Woo! Would you stand, please? Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Come on. Would you stand up, please? Raise your hands and begin to give the Lord a shout of praise. One more time. Come on. One more time. One more time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God, a mighty God, a mighty God, a mighty God, a mighty God. 
If you need this, remain set. If you need a healing in your body, you need a miracle in your life, you need God Almighty to divinely intervene for you. There's some situations that if God doesn't move for me, I don't know what's going to happen. But if you need God to move for you, to intervene for you, if you need healing in your body, your life, your emotions, whatever it may be, if you need God to move and turn that storm to a great calm, raise your hands up right now. All over, all over, all over where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoo, hallelujah. Oh, about 95% of everybody. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I know you spoke to my heart to tell them this, that we are going to make it. We're going to make it, Father God, I believe right now. I don't know exactly everything they're going through, but you do, Father God. But I believe, Lord, you're going to rise up strong like you rose up for the disciples of old. And you're going to rebuke the winds. And you're going to speak, peace be still of the ways. Father God, I believe you're going to heal their bodies and heal their emotions, God. Heal their homes and families and marriages, oh God. God, you're going to divinely intervene for them. You're going to show up and show out. For them in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen, 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 Amen. We're going to shift gears in just a moment, but look up, look up, look up. If you're a Christian, if you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, to be the Lord of your life, would you raise your hands? Raise them up high. God bless you and put them back down. Here's a bow for just a moment. No one looked around. You're not on your phones. Get off your phones. Get off your phones. It's not a time to be texting stuff or watching stuff. This is the house of God. Because God wants to speak to you to church. If you're here today, you've never been saved. You've never given your life to the Lord. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not looking around. Nobody moving. If you're here today and you've never said, Jesus, take over my life. You've never been saved. What are you waiting for? Your life could be over this afternoon. Without Jesus, you're lost eternally. You're lost forever. And hell is not just a myth. Hell is real. It's real. But also heaven is real. So if you're here today, you've never been saved. You've never been born again. you never asked Jesus to take over your life, to be your Lord, Lord and Savior of your life. Or maybe you're away from God. But you want me as a man of God to pray for you. No one's looked around this between you and God. Would you raise your hand up high? Is there one? 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 God bless you. Look up, look up, look up, look up, look up. Everybody look up. I believe this, it's about time we're going to start seeing an influx of souls in this church. Not only in this church, but all across Montgomery County, Alabama. Hallelujah. Across this country of ours, I believe that third great awakening is upon us right now. Do you believe that? Come on, shout amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Let me share out of my heart for something. I woke up early this morning. I was beginning to pray. I'm an early riser. I'm an early riser. I am. I get up early. Three o'clock comes early every morning. It does. I don't get up at three, but three o'clock does come early. Come on in. But I got up this morning, and I was praying for you, the Lord. Kind of stirred my heart. Excuse me. He said, son, I want you to tell my people about the ten single moms. A couple years ago, I was on my way to a church up in Boston. And about a month after that, I was going to be going on a missions trip, going to, to Nicaragua. I've been there before 
We've had a great move of God in Nicaragua. And I was raising the budget to go to Nicaragua. And I was so short on my budget. I was short on my budget by $7,000. And I said, Lord, I believe you're going to bring the money in the wherewithal to, to meet the needs for the budget to be met. But here was on a Saturday before it's a fly out to Frosting. And I went by the post office. And there was some mail there. One was an envelope from a friend of mine, a businessman in Texas. So I opened it up. Normally I was going to wait, but I opened that one up. And there was a check in there. Thank God for that. It was a check for $1,000 for a ministry. I said, thank you, Lord. And I was driving by the bank on the way to the airport. The Lord said, I want you to stop and get that check cash. I said, Lord, for what? He said, just get it cashed. And so I stopped by my bank Wells Fargo. I got it cashed. How do you want it? I said, give me 10 $100 bills. So I got it, put it in my pocket. I flew up to Boston that Saturday afternoon. I was in church Sunday morning. I was ministering to people, and the Lord said, I want you to have every single mom in the church. I want you to have them come up to the front and pray for them. I said, okay. And so I said, if you're a single mom, how about sometimes single moms can have it rough and tough? I said, if you're a single mom, just come on, come, come, right, just come on, come on, come, 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 come on, come on, come on. And they came across the front, and I was standing there. The Lord said, how many single moms are up here? I said, I don't know. He said, count them. I count them. Guess how many single moms were there? Ten. And the Lord says, I want you to give them each $100. I said, Lord, I need that for my missions budget. He said, give them each $100. So I was right there on the spot. I didn't, now, I didn't do it to be seen a man, but I pulled out my wallet. I pulled out those ten one hundred dollar bills, and I said, "Single moms, I said, I just want to bless you to give them each hundred dollar bill." Well, after the service, one single mom came to me. She said, "Brother Eddie, thank you, thank you, thank you." I had no food home to feed myself and my children. There's no food in the refrigerator, the freezer, the pantry, nothing. But I can go buy some groceries right now. Another mom came over, and she says, "I drove in today on fumes. My car's on empty." have no gas to get back and forth from work next week. I got paid Friday. All the money's gone. Broke now, but, but now I'm filling my car with gas. Thank you. Another mom says, they told me Friday they were cutting my power off. I said, I had the money. They said, if you can come over with half the money, $100, we'll keep it on. <laughs> and now the, I got blessed. But those three came to me. I know that God blessed others as well. But here was in the back getting ready to leave. One brother came to me said, Brother Dan, said, yes, sir. He said, I saw what you did. I didn't do it if you seen the man, because I, I was in a position where, you know, there's no way around, you know, just did that. He said, I saw what you did. And God told me to bless you. I said, what's that? He said, God told me to bless you seven times over. Now, how much money did he need from that mission trip? So he gives me a check. It was forwarded about four times. Most people are super spiritual. They just take the photo check, put it in the pocket, look at it later. Not me. I always look at it right there to make sure they sign it. Come on, Sam. <laughs> well, God bless those single moms. Guess what? God, what, what happened? God blessed me. But guess what happened? God blessed him seven times more. Because he told me, I was up there in January. He said, he said Brother Danny, when I did that, the next year, God, he says, my, my business was bringing in. Now, he didn't profit anything, but this, the sales, one and a half million dollars for the business. 
He said, but the next year, he said it jumped up seven times more. Went from one and a half million to ten and a half million in sales. Come on, shout amen. Woo, glory. And God told me this morning, he said, I want you to tell him what happened. You obeyed God. He blessed the single moms. In a moment, your pastor is going to come and to receive the tithes and offering through the church. But also, I'm going to ask you this. Would you help us to go? You know, we've got, we couldn't go out of the country last year. We had four trips planned last year to Pakistan, to India, to Haiti, and Nicaragua again. But we couldn't go because that devil, come on now. We've got some things planned on the horizon to go. And I'm going to ask you, obey him. What happens when you obey him? What happens when you obey God? Church, go and talk to me now. I obey God that day, and I bless the ten single moms, and God bless me. The man said, the Lord told me to bless you seven times. Now, God may bless you seven times more. He may bless you ten times more. I'm believing for more than, I'm believing for a hundredfold return. Come on now. But I'll even take seven times more. Come on, shout amen. But I believe this with all my heart, that if you'll obey God just a moment, as pastor gives you an opportunity to give, to help us to go from coast to coast around the world. And by the way, I've been to 49 states. I've never been to Alaska. And about 20 years ago, I said, Lord, I've been to all 49 of the states. I've not been to Alaska. He told me this. He says, son, he said, before the coming of the Lord, before the catch of the way of the church, you will preach in Alaska. So when I get an invitation to go to Alaska, guess what? I'm going to pack my bags. Not just for Alaska, but for heaven. Come on out. And I'm going to give you about a week's heads up before we go to Alaska, Brother Norris. Come on out. And you two, make sure you're all ready. But I would say this. As you give today, how do you give? Don't just give by emotions. I needed that thousand dollars, but I'll obey God. And if you'll obey God today, I promise you this. He said his word, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. The Bible says, and all the blessings of the Lord will come on you, and they'll overtake you if you will obey. Everybody shout obey. Obey the voice of the Lord. So right now, I want you to just listen to God's voice. In regards to what he would have you give, whatever he would have you give, People say, well, I want to get blessed. But they don't give because the harvest of the seed you sow of nothing will produce a harvest of nothing. But whatever you give, I say, thank you. I love you. God bless you. And remember these words. We are going to make it. Come on, shout amen. Brother Norris, God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.